does the devil exist? Does the actual being with uh, the red skin, with the horns and the, uh, the tail and the, the pitchfork, uh, does he exist? Now, the reason that I'm making this is because there's some people that don't believe that the devil actually exists. That is, that he's just a metaphor for, um, for evil. Uh, I think I, uh, just in starting this, I feel like I'm going to get into a little bit of murky territory uh, with the difference between the devil and, and what evil is. But um, the answer is yes, absolutely, 100%. There is a being um, who is the devil. He is, uh, his name is Lucifer. Um, he goes by many names. Uh, most, I think most accurately uh, named the accuser because he stands in front of God and accuses all of us of the sins that we've committed against God. And that's, that's why I think that's so important is because of what he is about. The whole thing about the devil is that he essentially wanted to be God. He wanted to take God's throne from God. Now, he's not as powerful as God. And um, he is actually the most beautiful creation that God had made. Now, in terms of beauty and what what the, the word actually means... Um, not to us today because we, we think more aesthetically. We think more along the lines of uh, physical beauty. Lucifer, Lucifer's beauty was an intelligence. As in, he is the smartest creature that God had ever made. Um, and so, he's self-aware, I think, as, as all spirits are. Uh, well, most spirits are, I should say. At least most... most uh, angels and uh, human beings but there's something that happens there's a realm that when you die you go in between and um, this this has been a, a subject of, of what the mystery schools uh, view it as what Christianity views it as which is actually a little different than what Judaism uh, views it as same with Islam and Hindu and Buddhism and all that other fun stuff. So, but there are different realms um, to existence, and you have the visible world and then you have the invisible world. And as I've talked before, but I'll say it again, is that you you actually will have three, sorry, four places, two of which, well, all of which will be kind of renewed. And what I mean by that is, you have Earth. You have heaven, you have Gehana slash hell, and then you also have purgatory. And all of this is in the Bible. Uh, all of this especially is in the, uh, the, New, the New Testament of the Bible, including purgatory, including heaven, including hell, and obviously earth. And if, you didn't, if you haven't read Revelation, I believe it's in other parts of the New Testament, but um, specifically Revelation being that that's the, that's the one that I've been reading the most. Well, that, yeah, that book is the, probably the book that I've read the most, is Revelation. Um, the uh, earth as we know it and heaven will 
essentially be dissolved and there will be a new heaven and a new earth where I tend to think of it and I don't know if it's just because of how I grew up and and what I've witnessed myself but and, and thought of is that all of the trash everything that we've made will essentially be cleaned up in a new world in a new earth in which there will be no trash there will be no dust there will be no uh, essentially skin cells that are falling off of us because we're constantly deteriorating um, once we're born there will be no need for death because death will have been and and was crushed but it's still in effect until the second coming of Christ in which everything will be wiped away um, and newness will, will come from it. But anyway, um, especially if you read in, in the Old Testament, or I'm sorry, in the uh, book of Revelation, it talks about a war that happened in heaven in which the devil um, basically talked uh, a third of the angelic host into, excuse me, following him in the fall out of heaven. And now his realm, his realm isn't just hell. It's earth itself. It's this world that we live in. And uh, although God ultimately controls everything, um, through free will, and, and what I've talked about with free will before is that it is of the utmost importance. It's the only way in order to get real true love from one another. You cannot force things. That's why I talk about it constantly. That's why I take the stance of uh, take the United States of America, take the First Amendment in which uh, it's freedom of religion and why um, although I don't like Islam, I would never want to force someone who's Muslim uh, into believing something else because it's it, it, there's nothing you can do other than influence. Influence is the only way. It's the key in order to getting someone. Um, and it's influenced by truth, mind you. It's the only way to getting somebody to change their mind. Influence and understanding. And that is it. You cannot force somebody. Can you brainwash? Sure. But how long will that last? And will it last? Arguably, it doesn't. It may last for a short time and then it turns. It is not a sustainable thing in brainwashing. Uh, because of the fact that you have truth and you have influence, you have understanding that will change and uh, it tends to change for a more sustainable, constant amount of time. But anyway, so, and there's something more to it and uh, I can't think of how to articulate it right this second, maybe at another time, of what exactly it meant that the devil wanted to be God. What exactly was that event that changed his mind from wanting to be uh, an archangel, and not only an archangel, but one of the most special archangels that he has, him and Michael um, themselves. Now, Michael is his equal. Michael, uh, not only is his equal, he's actually greater than, than the devil, in the sense that he overcame the devil. He fought him. He overcame him, and he threw him down out of heaven. So two, uh, and there's no equal to God, mind you. There's no darkness. There's no, um, like what, if you if you watch something like uh, Supernatural, they tried to, and their failure in what they did was they tried to make 
God equal to darkness. I can't remember what they named darkness in that, but darkness was essentially God's sister and they were at odds and all this other shit and he locked her up or whatever it may be. And, uh, and not only, but what they did in that was that they actually made darkness his, uh, greater than, than God. And he was afraid of his sister and think it was, it was a, a total and complete failure in their story writing. It was, it, when I, when I watched it, I was just like, God, man, you guys are really fucking up here. And I think more of that had to do with Hollywood and, and their, uh, their bending of the knee, uh, to suit everybody, which is why you'll see, I don't, I haven't seen any trans people. Of course, I haven't watched it this past season, basically with the exception of maybe three episodes. Uh, but I haven't seen any trans, but you'll see gays. You'll see, you'll see, uh, uh, a whole slew of, of what Hollywood wants to perpetuate within Supernatural. However, they have done a fairly good job of staying on point and staying on um, their their audience, their core audience of of who how they became kind of a, a cult following, like and not like a cult like uh, like Islam, but like a cult like uh, um, like a uh, what do they call it? Not a cult following. It's a cult like the movie The Boondock Saints or kind of The Shining or something along those lines, a movie that didn't necessarily make it in the blockbuster avenue, but, but caught a, a following that uh, they call uh, cult, what is it, cult movies? Can't think of the word. How did I get there? Shit. Starting to lose train of thought. Anyway, so there's something more to articulate in why the devil uh, uh, became envious of God. And, and remember, there's a difference between jealous and envy. Jealousy is where I want what you want, but I also want you to have it. So that's okay. But envy is where you want something that somebody else wants, but you don't want them to have it. Um, that's, the, that's the evilness. That's, that's evil to that. So jealousy, although we tend to get those two, we kind of blend them together, um, they shouldn't be. There's a, a difference between the two. Same with happiness and joy. Joy is uh, basically an everlasting happiness, where happiness itself is a feeling that's, that's fickle. It, it, it'll come and go. Um, and you'll go through phases of happiness and sadness and all of the other things. But if you have joy, you can withstand having times of tragedy and times of, of sadness and, and depression. But you're still overwhelmingly, you're, you're still uh, majority, majority, majority happy. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, there, there's something more to articulate in that. And maybe that'll be a, a, something that I focus on a little bit more of why the devil... Uh, uh, fell and what he chose however if you read not only the old but the new testament I don't understand how anyone could come away and by the way there are priests that believe this that 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 uh, there that the devil is just uh, an analogy or a metaphor no there is an absolute I don't understand how you could read the Old Testament read the New Testament and still come away thinking that there isn't a being named Lucifer or named the accuser or named the devil or the serpent as I said he has many many different names the dragon um, there's a whole society dedicated to the dragon there's Luciferianism which is the worship the actual flat out worship of the devil in which the story um, is, is quite a bit different than what you'll read in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, in the Bible. But no, there absolutely is a devil. Um, the devil had to deal with God. 
this is in, in dealing with a man by the name of Job, J-O-B. I know it sounds like Job, but it's Job, in which uh, the devil made a bet with God that he could make anybody um, lose their faith in God. And God said, all right. The only, but he gave him certain limitations. Uh, I think it was you couldn't kill him, um, but you could basically do all of these horrific things. Now, there's a, a bit of philosophy into the story of Job of why God would allow these things to happen. But again, it always comes back down to free will. And so, uh, the long story short, when it comes to Job, uh, he basically what was it, two sets of family, and then he ended with a third, or one set of family, and ended with a second. Anyway, so imagine having your family that you have now, and then the most atrocious, horrific, terrible things happen to them, and they all die, you lose all your wealth, and you're ridden with disease and boils and all sorts of things, and then all of a sudden you're all healed up, and you end up finding another wife, and you end up having a family, and becoming wealthy again, and all of a sudden, the same thing happens again to that family. Disease and horrific, terrible, horrible, no good, bad things happen to them and to you. They all die off. You lose all your wealth and you're set at zero. Again, not only zero, but negative. Job never lost his faith. Hence, the devil lost his bet with, with God. But there's an, another thing to be said about the devil. He can always go to heaven. Not in the sense of like going to heaven to live for eternity and be holy, but he can go and talk to God anytime he wants. He is an archangel. When Christ came to be, and this is the thing, okay, although the devil is the smartest creature that God has ever created, to an extent of, of his equal being Michael, although he is that intellectual, he doesn't know everything. And there's something to be said. There's a difference between the devil and, and absolute evil. Now, he is absolute evil, but there is a, a difference between the two. They're not exactly the same. However, when it comes to, and you'll often hear uh, stories, I'm sure you have, of people blaming the devil for certain things. Well, the devil made me do it. Well, the devil is causing us to act a certain way. Or the devil is, is tempting the world. Yes, he has that ability. How is he his power? And this is where, and I actually had a debate a long time ago. This was when I was about 18 with a guy that tried to claim that the devil was equal to God. And it's because he didn't understand these fine points. The devil, or I'm sorry, God, along with the spiritual realm being uh, heaven and the heavenly host, all of the angels, even hell and purgatory, all of those things that are invisible, they exist outside of what we exist on in this plane, being space, time, and matter. They exist outside of those things. And so, the devil, although it seems to us, because we tend to not be able to understand things outside of the laws of physics and, and the realm in which we live in, in reality, it's hard for us to understand what time or, or no time would be like. But if you exist on the outside of it and you can go in and out of it anytime you want, you can go beyond the veil and back through it, well then possibilities aren't necessarily endless, but are heavily increased. And so for the devil, and this actually comes into um, my 
I don't want to call it a theory because it's more than a theory. It's more of an argument of, uh, the vi- of vibration. I've talked before, you've heard me talk before about how God created everything. And he created it through his word. And that's what the Bible tells us. The word was with God. The word was God. Who is the word? The word is Jesus Christ. So God created everything essentially through his word, through speaking it and through vibration. And that's how he created everything that you see here. That's how everything exists because even rocks, everything exists in a state of vibration, whether it be low vibration, high vibration, things along those lines. Even light, smell, all of our senses are all affected by by vibration. Well, if you exist outside of the reality that we live in now, the plane, the, this time, space, and matter, you can essentially see the vibrations and you can affect those vi- vibrations. So does the devil tempt everyone? Can he read all of your thoughts? No. But he can read plenty of them. He can see your vibrations, your thoughts, your waves. And yes, this gives into the idea of the secret, but where the secret fails is that it limits itself by saying, oh, just the, uh, the uh, law of attraction and things of that nature. They, they tend to, to limit themselves because although they, yes, they kind of bring in God, whoever came up with this, uh, this argument for the secret, if you've ever read the book or heard the audio tapes or watched the movie, the documentary, whatever it may be, um, they limit themselves with how far that can actually reach. They don't really tap into the idea of why it is that you have a law of attraction. And it comes into uh, concepts of magnetism, it comes into which, which in lies with vibration. And when you, again, exist outside of our reality in which you can see those vibrations, you can see what happens to our thoughts, our mere thoughts, then you can affect them. Then you can kind of almost play them like a guitar. That's why music is, uh, is, is such a, uh, a motivating factor, but also a, uh, an affecting factor is because of the, the vibrations that it gives off. Um, it, it always reminds me when talking about stuff like this of the song, Good Vibrations. Um, well, yeah, where you have good vibrations, you also have bi- bad vibrations. And what happens with a vibration is it's constantly moving and it's moving one way to another. Uh, what would then what I would want to speak about then is not only that it's going back and forth, but it's almost a revolving thing, a revolving vibration. And, and we tend to think in, in as simplistic ways that we can. And so we tend to look at a vibration as just back and forth rather than back forth in every other way, almost like a, a, an extreme exacerbated asterisk. If you can think of an asterisk, which tends to be six lines, think of an asterisk that looks like a solid dot, but it's still an asterisk. All of those lines, all of the the lines color it in. There's so many that it colors it in that dot to where it looks solid, but it's not. It's singular lines that are so in vibration that it looks solid. Well, the devil knows this. I mean, fuck's sake, if I know it, then plenty of other people know it. And certainly the devil would know it. I also make an argument, um, if I haven't yet on this, that you have the first civilization. And uh, I want to point out that the first civilization means the first coming together of numerous tribes in order to live as one society. That would be Sumeria. That was the first civilization. But 
people tend, and, I, and it's weird because as I've talked about Sumeria, as I've learned about it, so many people limit their their understanding of history by thinking that Sumeria was the first civilization and there was nothing before it. Or if there was something before it, it was the Neanderthals. That all of a sudden the Neanderthals, quote-unquote, macro-evolved into Homo sapiens, and then you have a society or you have a civilization. That's not how it went. Before the civilization, there was numerous tribes that were all over the, the, the ge- geographical area of what we would see today as, as the Middle East and, and Asia and Russia and Europe. But before Sumer, before Sumeria, uh, like I said, there was all of these different tribes. Um, the timeline when it comes to God's people and why I certainly subscribe to the Old Testament is they all existed back then. They existed before Sumeria. Well, why didn't they talk about it? I don't know. Why didn't they talk about a lot of shit? You look at the four canonical books, um, as I'm reading through it now with a little bit more of a fine-toothed comb, a little bit more concentration than I did before when I went through the debate of the divinity of Jesus. Before I got to that, I'd just, I'd just read through each chapter. just thought it was something nice to do every day. And it is. But now I'm looking a little bit more into it. And as you can see in the four canonical books, there are serious similarities. And there's there's some things that are left out of each book. And something that stuck out to the debate with me with Richard was that he tried pointing out that if something was so important, why wouldn't it be in every single one of the, the Gospels? I don't know. And I don't care. It doesn't matter that much. Although you're putting that much on it. You're putting that much on the idea that this has to be in there. But you got to think and, and, and think about your friends. Right? You come away with uh, a debate, I don't know, on sports or whatever it may be. Well, they're going to pick out certain things that are a little bit more important than others. Even extremely important things. They're going to pick out something you know, that happened in the game, whether it be, let's take football. Maybe there was somebody supposedly stepped out, out of bounds, but the, the referees didn't catch it. They looked through uh, instant replay, still didn't catch it, but you know you saw it. Uh, here's an example. For anybody that watched the Michigan-Ohio uh, State game, Three years ago, Michigan beat Ohio State. Now, you might think that I'm biased, but there is, by all logic, reason, rationale, common sense. It came down to the very, one of, I shouldn't say the very last play, but one of the very last, no, it would have been the very last play. The quarterback had to make it, it was fourth and one. They had, he had to make it past uh, the first down marker. His offensive lineman had his ass, he was standing on the line. His ass was behind the, uh, the line. The quarterback ended up running into him and dropping. He didn't go any further. He ran into his ass, the ass didn't move, and he dropped right down. He didn't make it pass. Uh, he didn't break the plane of the first down marker. He failed and he landed. However, it was counted that he made it past the first down marker. They ended up technically winning the game. So you have people, and there are there is bias in here. Not just I'm not saying of me, but of other people. There's bias on the side of the Ohio State side, who would argue that no, he made it, he broke the plane, he made it past. You would have others like myself who look at it, and plenty of people who have bias who don't want to believe that he made it past, and so they would argue that. Or you have people like me that would look at it and go, no, he didn't make. There's no possible way using reason, logic, rationale, common sense, fucking video evidence. There's no way that he made it past. 
how could you have given it to him? He didn't. They failed. Michigan wins the game. So just as an example of what can happen when, when you have different stories coming about from a singular um, event, you can have differences, and especially with eyewitness testimony, which is why when I was talking about the divinity of Jesus, um, why you'll have things like the, the uh, New Testament, the four canonical books, and you'll have different storylines, and you'll have the, the, what's, what I call the detective theory, um, where different people telling different, or, yeah, different eyewitnesses telling different similar stories of one event are more believable than uh, uh, different eyewitness eyewitnesses having the same exact story and what that would lead you to believe in. By the way, when it comes to that detective theory, this is over decades and decades of detective work, of constantly coming by way of, of certain events happening, you know, crimes, and interviewing people and having this thing keep happening. Um, not a coincidence, but... Um, such a thing that keeps happening over and over and over and over and over again in which they then develop this understanding of, of what happens in that, in that realm. So, long story short, uh, the devil exists. Oh, um, that's the other thing is uh, when Jesus came, this is, and this is why, although the devil is very intelligent, he's, he's not all-knowing. Therefore, he cannot be on the same level as God. When Jesus came, the devil didn't know that it was God. The devil didn't know that he was even uh, the Christ in the, in the sense of the anointed one, i.e. just the Messiah or the Old Testament understanding of it, the Jewish understanding of what the Messiah is, which is a political figure as opposed to being um, outright God. The devil didn't even know that he was the Messiah and he had to ask him questions. That's why it's important to understand when you, when you read the four canonical books and you see that uh, Jesus went went through the baptism and as soon as he was baptized the Holy Spirit led him out to the desert to be um, to be tempted for 40 days and 40 nights that was the devil spending his entire time of those 40 days and 40 nights solely tempting Jesus in every humanly possible way because that's that's what the devil understood and, and another thing about the devil was he hates us that's why he's the accuser. That's why he stands in front of God and accuses us. He not only accuses us, he's the initial source of why he's, he's accusing us. He hates us. God created us in the image of him, of God. He didn't do that with the angels. The angels have limitations compared to us. And the devil hated that. He wanted to not only be, be better than us, but he also wanted to be God, and that's why he was thrown out and why he started his war. But, um, and that was the turning point in which he used for the other angels that followed him, the third of the heavenly host, which is billions upon billions. But he, um, he tempts us in order to get us to turn to him and turn away from God, and then he turns around and accuses us in order to get us to fall from God, to be punished by God, and hurt us because he hates us. He doesn't do it because he wants to love us. I mean, that's the ultimate lie that he's told us. 
and you'll see that in any readings that you'll that you'll come across when it comes to Luciferianism and Satanism and things of that nature. They claim that he is basically, uh, if you know the story of Prometheus in the in Greek mythology, that Greek that uh, Prometheus, who would be the devil, stole the stole fire from Zeus, who would be God, and brought it to man because he loved man, and God somehow didn't love man. See what I mean? So that's his story. That's he's basically Prometheus. And yes, there was a movie about him. Or about called Prometheus, which would be uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, uh, the first movie prequel to Aliens. But anyway, um, so yes, he he tempts us in order to hurt us because he can't hurt God, and so he and he can't hurt God physically. He can't fight against God and defeat him. So. What he attempts to do is to hurt us because then he hurts our relationship with God and that hurts God because we're all his children. And when, when it comes to sin and forgiveness, think about if you have kids, think about your own kid. How easy is it for you to forgive your own child who uh, you tell him not to do something and this goes in line with the commandments and the sins and things of that nature and God in his relationship with us. When you tell your kid not to do something, and then they do it, how easy is it for you to forgive them? Obviously, it's, it's without question. It's that easy. And that's what God wants. That's why he gave us confession. That's why he gave us reconciliation. Is because it's, it's that easy for him. He just wants you to ask for forgiveness. He just wants to have a relationship with you. And that is what is so powerful when it comes to confession, when it comes to um, reconciliation with God. Is it that easy? Um, I'll probably go into a little bit more detail when it comes to forgiveness and things of that nature at a different episode, but this one's going to focus on, as I've said, the existence of the being uh, Lucifer and that he is not a metaphor. And if you follow that way of thinking, I think that you're, you're headed for a, a snare, a downfall, um, in a sense that you are being led astray. And I would argue not to, not to, to, to look at it when it comes to the Bible, again, the Bible is not just a book. It's a, a book of books, i.e. a library. And with different books, you're not, you shouldn't look at them absolutely all the same. There's going to be, there's people who look at the parables as if they're actual stories, real life stories. That's not, you cannot do it. You have to look at it through different lenses. And I know I talk um, negatively about looking at history through the lens of today and you can't do that. You have to take into context. Well, that's the same as the Bible. You have to take into context the time and the place and what is being said and what is happening. Some parts of the Bible are historical. Some are teaching. Some are um, teaching through certain parables. Uh, some are teaching through uh, moral uh, ways of living, rules, things of that nature, and an explanation to those things. So anyway, um, so yes, uh, the devil accuses us. He tempts us in order to get us to change because that's his, and then accuse us so that God will punish us um, because he hates us. He doesn't want to see us find a relationship with God. And no, he didn't know who Jesus was, and he went through tempting him in every possible way. And there's something to be pointed out, too, of why this is uh, the devil's, basically the devil's world. Not the world, but he has dominion over earth, 
is because he says to Jesus, if you bow down and worship me, I will give you all of these kingdoms. And he shows them everything all at once. And this goes into the other part of what I was talking about in the sense that um, the devil exists outside of time, space, and, and, and uh, matter, is that he took all of the kingdoms of the, wor- of the world. He took all of them throughout all of history, all at the same time, and he showed them to Jesus because he has that dominion. I'm not trying to speak on this in order to, to try and make you not believe in God or think that God is weak. That's not what I'm saying, and God isn't weak. But he did, he did uh, in falling, he did acquire dominion of the earth, of the old earth, not the new earth, not the new heaven, not heaven at all, but of earth and, and uh, hell. And I'm speaking on this because I want you to understand the, the reality of the situation, is that the devil has that dominion here. So don't just think that he's, he's in hell and he's somehow, some way tempting us from hell. No, he's here. He's walking the earth. He fell and he hates the earth. But he's, he's searching for the ruin of souls all over the planet and he absolutely does exist. So don't believe it when somebody tells you that the devil is a metaphor or that he's not a, uh, a, um, a real being. And not only that, the devil is in control of all of the, of the rest of the fallen angels, which are in the billions. So, excuse me, maybe it's not just him um, tempting you, but his, his fallen angels who, who are his generals in his army. The, the, the demons are, are the twisted souls of humans that they hold as slaves. His army will consist of fallen angels of lower and lower tier angels as well as human beings who are slaves to them who are in hell because of their choice to follow him and to deny uh, their worship of God. So, uh, in a way to defeat all of that, uh, believe in God. Read the Bible. And again, read all the other stuff. Read the Quran. Read the, the Torah, the Talmud, the Kabbalah. Read whatever literature you can find on Hinduism and Buddhism and, and uh, all of the different um, religions that you can. Study world religions, but also study the Bible. Uh, I believe that if you come across, I believe that if you follow the truth and you try to acquire as much information, as knowledge as you can get, that it will always lead you to the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that you, it will lead you to... Christianity. Also, what you have to do in that time is you, is you need to be accountable. You need to be responsible and not liberal. 